this is our third reflection, our third meditation. We began this retreat with the theme of gone fishing, ice fishing. Now, I myself have never gone ice fishing, at least not until now. I can't see myself, I can't imagine myself sitting down on the ice in a hut, warmed of course, but sitting down in front of a hole cut in the ice and waiting for the fish to bite. But I've been told by friends whose opinion I value and whose friendship I value that this is a price to be paid for things that are so valuable, a price to be paid for silence that is golden, a price to be paid for solitude which is so precious, a price to be played for being alone and being able to have that time to reflect on things that are valuable in life, to affect and to meditate and to think about friends that have been so good and who have been supporting us all our life, of time to be thankful to God for all the benefits that I have received. Now, I can imagine all these gifts and I would like to have them, but if I prefer to have them before a warm fire on a cold winter night. But anything that is good, anything that is valuable, anything that is precious, there is always a price to pay. And Jesus was obedient until death, death on a cross, and so he would pay the price of loving the Father, of proclaiming the good news, of being for us the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, there was a price to pay. And so as we begin this third reflection, we call once again on the Holy Spirit to inspire us, to guide us, to show us a direction. <clears throat> Come, O Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people. Enkindle in us the fire of your divine love. Send forth, O Lord, your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. And so a third meditation is the price, and the price is the crucifixion. Until the fifth century, <clears throat> all pictures of the crucifixion were painted more or less in the style of John's Gospel. In John's Gospel, the whole crucifixion, Jesus is still and totally divine. He's totally in control of everything. In the fourth Gospel, you will not find Jesus falling three times. The third station, the seventh station, the ninth station. Jesus does not meet his mother. Jesus does not need Simon of Cyrene to help him. Jesus does not need Veronica to wipe his face. Jesus is totally in control even when he is nailed to the cross. He looks around and he gives and he hands over his mother to his favorite disciple. And he hands to his mother, John and all of us, behold your son. Then, in about the 13th century, the art began to change. <coughs> the 
they began to show Jesus hanging on the cross with all the gory details, with all the pain, with all the suffering, with blood and with the side pierced. And so you could see the unfolding of that price of Jesus that he paid for being obedient unto death, death on the cross, for loving us so much, for being obedient to the Father. And you can see this in different stages as this price unfolds. In the first place, you see that he is betrayed by a friend, by an apostle, betrayed by a kiss. He is denied, not once, but three times, by another apostle that he has actually warned. He is arrested as a common criminal, even though he had appeared in the temple so very often as in he told them. And finally, his disciples, his apostles, abandon him and they run away. The second stage of that price that he has to pay is when he is arrested. He told his apostles that he would be arrested, he would suffer, and he would die. But Jesus would be faithful till the end. As Paul says in the letter to Titus, I have fought the good fight, I have run the race, I have kept the faith. He was simply imitating what Jesus himself had done, being faithful right until the end. Jesus would be faithful to his friend. He would give Judas a chance. Friend, will you betray me by a kiss? To the soldiers, he would not be confrontational, just like he was with the scribes and Pharisees who showed their hypocrisy. Go awake, do not come on a Sunday, do not come on a Sabbath. And he would call them hypocrites in front to their face. But to the <clears throat> soldiers that came to arrest him, he simply asked, Whom are you seeking for? And when they said, Jesus of Nazareth, he said, I am he. He would take care of his apostles even then. He says, if I am he and you want me, let these others go. The third stage of the price that Jesus paid is the fact that he is human. He is one like us in all things but sin. He is afraid. There's nothing wrong in being afraid. But he was courageous. He will obey and obey until death. And he would tell his apostles, stay awake and watch with me. Because he was afraid, he would ask the Father to let the chalice pass him by. Because he was afraid, he would ask for his apostles, stay with me, support me, strengthen me. These were the very people that he had led and guided and he was always there at their defense and now he puts himself in their charge. <clears throat> and they fall asleep, they run away. In chapter 6 of John's Gospel, Jesus was explaining to them that his flesh was true food and his blood was true drink. And many of the people left him because they said this teaching is too hard. And Jesus would, being very human, turn to his apostles and say, 
are you also going to go away? And Peter would answer for the apostles, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the message of eternal life. Lord, to whom shall we go? But at this moment, when he is arrested, they run away. And so I invite you to walk with me during this meditation in the stations of the cross. Not the traditional stations that you and I make during the season of Lent and sometimes even during the rest of the year. The 14 stations of the cross. Now, these are out of pure devotion. Some of them are in the Bible. Some of them are in the Gospels, but not all of them. You won't find Jesus falling three times in the Bible. You won't find Mary encountering Jesus in the Gospels. You won't find Veronica wiping the face of Jesus in the Gospels. But these could easily have happened, and most realistically, it happened. Jesus has been beaten. He has been scourged. He has been left without food. He's carrying the cross. Would he not fall? Not once, not twice. He could have fallen more than that. And Mary at the cross, the station keeping, we say in the traditional stations of the cross. Mary would not abandon her son. She knew he was a good man. And she alone knew that he was the son of the Most High. And so she would be there. But you won't find that in the Gospels. And so I'd ask you to walk with me <clears throat> in these stations of the cross. We started this uh, retreat with a journey. And during a journey, we always make stops. We always make stations, perhaps to have a coffee, perhaps to go to the washroom, perhaps just to carry, uh, to catch our breath. But we make these stops in order to recollect ourselves and say, what exactly do I want from this retreat? What exactly is God asking me during this retreat? We recommit ourselves to walk with Jesus right to the end. And we renew ourselves. We renew that desire. We renew the vows of our baptism. We renew the fact that Jesus loves us and we want to love him in return. And so the four, the five or six stations that we will make now are all taken from Matthew's Gospel. And if you open your Gospels to chapters 26 and 27, you will find these six stations. The first station is Jesus at his Last Supper. And you will find that in Matthew chapters 26 verses 17 to 35. Jesus as is at his last supper. Here he is going to start paying the price, the price of being obedient until death. Jesus looks at all his disciples, his apostles, as they sit at that last supper. How have I longed to eat this last supper with you? His heart is heavy. He cannot foresee the future, but like a good prophet, he can read the signs. He knows that the scribes and the Pharisees are very angry and seeking an opportunity to put him to death. And he looks around and he sees Judas, Judas who will betray him. And the sad thing is, 
he does something so tragic. They both put their hands into the same bowl to eat. You and I might not think a great deal about it, but that was the height of tragedy. We don't share a meal and then betray one another. And he looks at Peter, always so boastful. Others might deny you, but I won't. Peter, Peter, if you only knew. And he looked at the other apostles and they were discussing who would be the greatest. They were blissfully ignorant. And so Jesus is here with his heavy heart. And we say, we adore you, O Christ, and we bless you because by this cross you have saved the world. And so we go on to the second station. And the second station is the Garden of Gethsemane. And you will find it in chapter 26, verses 35 to 56. While he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is afraid. He is so afraid. He can remember the time of the transfiguration when <coughs> Moses and Elijah would speak to him about precisely this. Peter and James and John were totally unaware and they said, let us build a tent for you here. But Jesus already had the premonition of what was going to happen. And it came to him and hit him at the blast in the garden of Gethsemane. He was so frightened that his sweat turned into drops of blood. And he would plead with the father, let this chalice pass me by. Is there not a plan B? And his father is silent. And he turns as a very human being to his apostles and say, stay with me, watch with me, support me. But they are sleepy, they are tired, and they will run away. Jesus is afraid. But he is still courageous and he will still take charge. When Judas and the soldiers appear, he steps forward and he does not even give Judas a chance <clears throat> to betray him. He goes forward and says to Judas, will you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? He gives Judas a chance and Judas does not take it. He goes to the soldiers and he is courteous with them. He is civil with them. Whom do you want? And if you want me, then let my friends go. Let these people go. They haven't done anything. Lord, we adore you and we bless you because by your cross you have saved the world. And then we come to the third station. And the third station is at the house of Caiaphas and Annas and the Sanhedrin. Jesus must have felt really, really sad and disappointed here. Jesus knew that these people were the true authority. They might be corrupt. They might be looking after their own skin but he would respect them. As we hear in Matthew chapter five, verse 17, I did not come to break the law, I came to keep it. Not one dot, not one T will be uncrossed 
but I will obey the Lord. And Jesus' heart must have gone out. These are the people who are supposed to lead my people, the people of Israel, out out of darkness into the light. They're supposed to guide them. They're supposed to be good shepherds. But they are only keen on making an alliance with the Romans. They don't want to disturb the peace. They want to hold on to their fringe benefits. Their eyes are closed. Their ears are shut. Their hearts are hardened. They had wanted a Messiah, but not a Messiah that was truly a Messiah. They wanted a Messiah cut to their own image and likeness. A Messiah that would liberate them from foreign powers. And Jesus' heart would go out to them. And Jesus is so sad. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed this world. And so we go to the fourth station. And you will find this in Matthew chapters 26, 68 to 75, and 27 verses 1 to 11. And this is the encounter with two of his apostles, his apostle Peter and his apostle Judas. And you can read it and it is so full of love for these two people. One who would deny him three times, one who would betray him with a kiss. Peter sees Jesus and says, I do not know the man. How oh, it must have broken the heart of Jesus. Peter, Peter, I asked you to walk on the water and you did. I asked you to launch out into the deep and you did. And you saw how much I could save you. But here you let me down. But I will still love you. I will still care for you. And Peter will go out and weep bitterly. He would say, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. But he would trust, he would keep his faith, and he would be saved. But the other disciple, the other apostle, Judas, Jesus loved him even though he betrayed him with a kiss. But Judas could not and would not believe in the love of Jesus. And so he went and hung himself. And Jesus' heart must have cried and hurt as much as he cried and hurt over Jerusalem. Lord, we adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your cross you have redeemed the world. And then we come to the sixth station, or rather the fifth station. Jesus is in front of Pilate. Here is a judgment of total irony. Pilate, who is supposed to be in charge, but he's at the mercy and beck of the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. They even want him to come out of his own palace to meet them because they do not want to be defiled on this great Sabbath day. Pilate would look at them and say, I find no charges in this man. He is innocent. 
and so I will whip him and scourge him. For goodness sake, if he's innocent and without any charge, why would you whip a man? Is it happening even today in 2021? I find somebody innocent and yet I condemn him to death. I will wash my hands. I am innocent of the blood of this innocent man. Washing your hands is not going to help you, man. And Jesus looks at him. And Jesus pities him. And Jesus will walk to the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your cross, you have redeemed the world. Which brings us to the sixth and final station. Jesus is led away. Jesus is nailed to the cross, carries his cross. Jesus is nailed to the cross. Jesus dies on the cross. Jesus is taken down from the cross. Jesus is laid in the tomb. But before that, he will say, Into your hands, O Lord, I commit my spirit. I have accomplished everything that you've asked me to do. I have been obedient, even obedient until death on the cross. It is finished. But is it really finished? Is this the end? Or is it just the beginning? Because he was obedient even until death. Paul will tell us in the letter to the Philippians, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow at the name of Jesus. And so you and I will wait, just like Mary, just like John, at the foot of the cross, and then, like Mary Magdalene and the others, at the tomb, waiting for the Lord to rise from the dead. God bless you all. Mm -hmm.